Welcome to another episode of Empowering Women's Wellness, where we explore the intricacies of health and wellness in relationship to women's health. So I'm Dr. Missy Sens, and today's episode, we'll continue talking about the different thyroid conditions and some very important testing to help look for root causes to hypothyroidism. Today, let's talk about the causes of low thyroid pattern number three. And this one is more common than you think. And this is under conversion. So in pattern three, the thyroid and the pituitary are working properly, but the conversion of T4, the inactive hormone, to T3, the active hormone, is hampered. This means that the cells cannot use the hormones present in the body. The properly functioning thyroid means that there is enough hormone present to make the TSH test normal. Now, if the doctor tested for T4 as well, which is often the second test run after the TSH test, this test too would be normal. Now, the cause of underconversion is once again chronic stress. Chronic infections or inflammation can play a role in thyroid underconversion by damaging cell membranes, which plays an integral role in T4 to T3 conversion. Additionally, a sluggish liver, which converts 60% of T4 to T3, can lead to thyroid underconversion. Now, nutritional deficiencies can also play a role because we need certain nutrients like zinc and selenium uh, to convert that T4 into T3. Dosing with prescription thyroid medication is often futile at this point. Synthroid, a common thyroid prescription, is a synthetic form of T4 and it still needs to be converted to T3 before the body can use it. Now, the patient may find temporary relief if T3 is prescribed, but the increased levels of circulating hormones may cause the suppressed pituitary situation, similar similar to what we spoke about in the last episode. So if you didn't listen to that, go back and check it out. So to look at how the body is converting, the simple test I do is the comprehensive metabolic panel which which looks at gut, kidney, liver, and adrenal function. Again, it's not enough to have these tests. You must have a practitioner who knows how to read the test and uses functional ranges, not the lab ranges. So let's talk about that because I think it's super important to understand what the difference between the two is. Because all too often I hear patients tell me that they had all this blood work done and everything came back normal, but they didn't feel normal. And I immediately immediately will think, well, it can't be normal because if it were normal, you'd feel good. And sure enough, when I assess the blood work, more often than not, there are many imbalances. So where do labs get their ranges? Well, lab ranges are based on an average of the population of people that go into the lab. And most people going into the lab don't have good physiology to begin with and or they are on medication. And these averages are based on those people not having symptoms. It has nothing to do with health, just not having symptoms. Now, often these ranges are also very wide. Like the TSH test is considered normal if the person is anywhere from 0.5 to 5.5. I mean, that's like trying to find your favorite restaurant across the country without a map. Functional ranges are much more narrow. They're based on optimal physiology, not a lack of symptoms. So the more you are in that functional range, the better your physiology, the better your health health outcomes. Okay, so to look at how the body may be converting thyroid hormones, we look at the 
comprehensive metabolic panel. This looks at gut, kidney, liver, and adrenal function. Now, don't get me wrong. There are other tests that we can do to assess the gut and the adrenals, and they're valid tests if we need them. But often I can get all the information I need from the simple comprehensive metabolic panel. So two particular markers that I look at when it comes to the gut is total protein and globulin. These look at gut function, gut inflammation, leaky gut. If these markers are off, that's going to indicate you're going to need help lowering inflammation and repairing gut function. So total protein is the sum of two proteins in, in the body called albumin and globulin. Total protein should be between 6.9 and 7.4. And globulin should be between 2.4 and 2.8. Now with globulin, when that number is high or low, leaky gut. Now there is that third gut marker that I talked about, albumin, that's a protein as well. And that protein is actually made by the liver, but that marker is less inclined to be affected, but it's still worth a look. And it should be between four and five. And if it's elevated, that means dehydration. And if lowered, it usually means that you need protein in your diet or that there's some type of liver issue because your liver actually makes the albumin. All right. So now let's look at the op opposite of underconversion, and that's overconversion, which is pattern number four. So the thyroid and pituitary, again, are working properly, but this time there is too much T4 converted to T3. Now, remember, roughly 20% of T4 is converted into reverse T3, which is inactive and then excreted by the body. The rest of the T4 is converted to free T3, which is what your body can use and what your cells need. Now, high levels of testosterone is a cause of overconversion because it has the added effect. It has the added effect of decreasing the amount of thyroid bonding globulin. Remember that taxi that carries around thyroid hormones. Okay. So the high levels of T3 in the bloodstream in conjunction with the low thyroid bonding globulin causes cells to become resistant to T3. So basically they close the doors to T3 and don't allow T3 into the cells. TSH levels will be normal, even though the patient is showing signs of hypothyroidism. Okay. So this is cellular resistance to that active hormone T3 as a result of having too much testosterone. Now this pattern is similar to insulin resistance. In fact, patients with thyroid overconversion often present with insulin resistance and polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS, which is ca also caused by increased testosterone levels. So managing your blood sugar is extremely important since there, since there's already too much T3 prescription thyroid medication will not help this pattern. So one important thing to note here before closing in my minimum blood test recommendation, I recommend the fasting insulin test along with the glucose test, which is usually part of that comprehensive metabolic panel. So why is this test so important? Well, it's because you can have normal fasting blood glucose, but high levels of fasting insulin. Insulin is a hormone that when there is too much in the blood, it's toxic to the body. So the body shuttles it into your fat cells to keep you safe. So we call insulin the fat fertilizer. 
the more insulin, the more fat around the midline. Also, the higher your triglycerides on a lipid panel, which is why that's so important to look at. Now, the more imbalance you see in blood sugar, the less energy as well, because insulin is needed to transport glucose into your cells. If you have more blood sugar, more insulin, that indicates the cells are becoming resistant to insulin and insulin can't get the sugar into the cells, leaving you feeling hungry and tired. So here are the levels you want to look for. Glucose, fasting glucose, you want to see between 83 and 90 and fasting insulin four to five. Again, remember, it's important to seek professional guidance and proper for proper diagnosis and, and personalized treatment. And I'm not here to uh, give you any medical advice. I'm just here to help you take a proactive step toward improving your health through natural approaches. All right, that's all the time I have. Tune in next time. Take care.